the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Here's your host, Bob Bender. Good afternoon, Colorado Springs, and what a beautiful day this Friday. Welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. Dr. Bob here. And appreciate your time. Thanks for tuning in. It's going to be very enriching time. Remember, our mantra around here is we want this to be encouraging. We want this to be entertaining and want it to be enriching and equipping so that your life is blessed not only by this program, but by all the programs we have here at 100.7 the Word. It is my joy to be a part of this great team as we share together here in the studios. We have a passion for getting the Word out in Colorado Springs all the way down to Pueblo up to Castle Rock. Thank you for joining us today. Well, we're going to be voting soon. Be sure and vote. Get your ballots in. Remember, we have folks who are running for the D20 school board who are committed Christians and encourage you to consider Wilburn and Shandy for D20, Jorgensen, Mel Packham, Halfley, and Carey for D11. They are us, and they want nothing else than to get back to the basics and equip our young people to be a success in life and not be involved in all this other nonsense that our public schools are infiltrated with today. Again, what a great place to live here in Colorado Springs. Wow. Praise the Lord. We are blessed. Well, today I'm praying through Matthew. came across Matthew 16, verses 5 and following. The disciples discussed with one another because they had no bread. Jesus intervened and asked them, Now, fellas, how many baskets of bread did you pick up after I fed the 5,000? They said, Twelve. And and after I fed the 4,000, how many baskets did you pick up? Seven. Do you still not understand? said Jesus. Those stupid disciples. Now, wait a minute. What about us? How often do we forget how the Lord has blessed us in the past? He's met our needs, and we get all amped up and bent out of shape because we have no bread. I want to encourage you. I want you to think about how faithful God's been to you. He's not let you down. I don't know what you're walking through. Don't get amped up about it. Get all out of shape about it. He's fed you in the past. He'll take care of you now. So trust Jesus. Okay? Lord, remind us how faithful you've been to us in the past and how you've got it. Whatever it is, you've got it. And we trust you in it. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Well, this is going to be an exciting show today. Vance Patterson, our dear friend, was on the show yesterday, and we talked about what God is doing in the Middle East. And today I have as my guest, Patrick Hall. Welcome, Patrick Hall. Thank you, Pastor Bob. It's great to be with you and uh, just really excited to be able to share what the Lord is doing in my life, but then also just to be able to spend time with you is a great blessing to me. Well, thanks for your time. Uh, Today, I uh, spent time raking the yards, uh, getting the leaves out, and also I got the opportunity to begin to put up the Christmas lights, the Christmas lights. Well, Patrick, there's there's a song, I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but there is a song, Almost Too Early for Christmas, by Jimmy Fallon and Dolly Parton. Have you heard that one? I have not heard that one, Pastor. So. Well, you ought, you ought to listen to it. It's funny. It's cute. I like, let's hear it. <laughs> I, w- I would sing it, but uh, Dolly's not here, so I'd have to do a solo, and that wouldn't be very, very well. But anyway, uh, my point is that I was tempted to have this blaring as I was beginning to put up Christmas lights. It's almost too early for Christmas, but I decided not to. And uh, Patrick, we, we did something this year we've, we've never done before. Beverly made me do it, and that's I had to hire out putting the lights up on the roof. Well, I would tell you that maybe I need to get that contact because I'm sure Danielle would absolutely love if I hired somebody to get the Christmas lights up. So she loves those, and I'm not sure that I love putting them up, but I do it because she loves them. So That's right, and both of our wives are excited about Christmas and getting ready for Christmas, so, so we like to get our lights up. By the way, audience, if you're looking for a good place to Go see Christmas lights. We'll come to the old north end there between Fontanero and Uinta, uh, two or three streets there from Wood and Tejon and Cascade and Nevada. There are some beautiful, beautiful lights. Before you know it, we'll be look, looking at Christmas lights, Patrick. I was just in Starbucks the other day, and they had the, uh, the all of the Christmas stuff up, so it won't be long. I know that. Looking forward to it this year as well. Well, Patrick Hall is a a dear friend. Uh, The Lord allowed us to serve together on staff. He was my executive pastor. How many many years? You remember how many years the Lord has together? It was over five years. Over five years. Went went really fast, but it it was a great joy to be able to serve next to you. I, um, I still consider you and will always consider you my pastor. Well, appreciate it, Patrick. You were the right arm of my flesh, and what God did during those five and a half years is incredible. And uh, as you know, we had other opportunities, and we decided to stick it out and stay together and see what God did in my soul. And the church is in great shape, Patrick. You left the church in great shape, so it's always good when, when the Lord moves us on to look back and thank God for that time, and yet to look at the present and say, wow, transition went well and the church is doing well, uh, that's a rarity. I think it is. And I think um, it speaks to your leadership, but that it also speaks to the amazing people that were part of the church that we served at. And uh, there was no question that regardless of wherever the Lord was going to lead us, which I think this reflects his goodness to all of us, that that church um, was going to be blessed and it was going to continue to flourish. And and like you, I would tell you that it was some of the sweetest times that I've had in my life to be able to serve the Lord next to just amazing men and women. And um, so, you know, God does move us on, and, and uh, we, we rejoice in that. And, and I think Paul tells us, uh, do not call 
you know, he says, press on to the upward call of God, right? To forget the past and look to the future. And and I think we're all supposed to do that. And But we can't forget the good things he's done in our life for sure. That is a great, great perspective. Good word, good word. Well, Patrick Hall is a, a successful businessman in El Paso County at State Farm Agency in up in Monument. You've had that how long? 16 years. 16 years. That's great. And heard good things about it. So, Patrick, let's let's start. Why don't you help me understand? I, I am kind of in the business world now in the financial planning space, so I'm learning what you've known all along. How do you leverage your business for kingdom impact? Well, I think as a follower of Christ, I think um, at times we forget that that the vast majority of us will be bringing about the kingdom in a place that's um, not in a pastoral position or is mm-hmm. not in a ministry position. And and God calls us that whatever we're doing, that we're supposed to leverage that for really a transcendent purpose. And that purpose is to bring about the kingdom um, of God here on earth. And and for me, uh, it's always been, um, you know, and I think it's it's varied over the years, but I think that, um, you know, you always want to look at how you can leverage what you're doing for the Lord. And, and that could be time. It could be resources. Uh, but for me, I've I've really tried to put it all on the table with an open hand and just tell, tell you know, myself and my family's done the same thing, uh, that it's the Lord's. And, and if he allows us to pastor or minister, if he sends us to Africa or whatever he does, um, we want to be faithful to that. And we're just grateful that he allows us to have a business that allows us to do that. And and uh, we do it for his glory. That's the only reason we do it. And, um, you know, so it's been a real gift that he's he's given to us. And we're just trying to steward it to his glory. Well, that's great. I assume. In fact, I know for a fact, uh, I guess some businesses have more interaction with people than others. And, of course, yours has a lot. And so you'll be interacting with people and God will be using you and your staff. And when we return, Patrick Hall is going to share with us his new season, his ministry. So... See you in a minute, and you'll be excited to hear what God's doing through Patrick Hall, my guest. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us this afternoon. I have as my guest Patrick Hall, and we're talking about initially here how to maximize where God has us. He has called all of us to ministry, some full-time, some in the business world. So we were talking off the air here a moment, Patrick, about an amazing opportunity you have because of your business. Talk about that a little bit. Tell us what's on the horizon here and how you're maximizing your position at State Farm for kingdom impact, what God's, what door God has opened up. You know, Pastor, I think um, – if you just continue to be faithful and look for the opportunities and the doors that God has for you, they'll be there for you to walk through. And And, and one truth I know is that God wants his story told. And um, through my business, uh, just, just this week, I was able to share God's story about um, Zoe Project and how he's reoriented my family into that direction. And 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 then next week we get to I get to share to all of the Colorado agents up in Denver and and really the topic is not business so to speak it's how to leverage your business for a transcendent purpose that is over and above the daily uh, things that you do whether it's in the business world or or it, at a job and and so it's just a great privilege I'm I'm incredibly humbled by it and 
and and really just hope that the Lord uses it because it's not my story. Uh, it's God's story. And we just want it told as, as often and, and and as broadly as we can. So I'm real thankful for that. Wow, what an exciting opportunity to stand up in front of, what, three or 400 people and tell your story. That's it. That's wow, it. Wow, wow. Such a gift. Amen. Lord bless that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Can't Pastor. tell what's going to happen there. You know, sometimes we find the mission, sometimes the mission finds us. Well, I think that's true, and I think, you know, sometimes um, it's our patience that we need to work on and, and just let God God do His work, and, yeah. and there's no question He's doing that, and in my family's life and in my life. And, and, um, you know, so I I really believe that God is always preparing us for the next thing. He's, um, you know, he's, he's preparing, he's molding, he's transforming all, um, for his purposes. And, and you don't know what the next season's going to be. And you just got to rest in, in his goodness and in his will. And, and just know that he's going to have something great for each one of us. Absolutely. God is the God of now, but he's also the God of the new. Mm -hmm. So if we can kind of be be ready and uh, uh, just be there for the Lord available so he can use us, and he's the God of the new, and he's on, on to new stuff. Well, God's doing some new stuff in your life. You're founder and director of the Zoe Project. Is that right? That is correct. All right. In a sentence, what's that? Well, Zoe stands for life, and um, our ministry is in uh, Tambaro, Ethiopia, and and our, our oldest son, Tegan, was adopted from Ethiopia 13 years ago. And, and through just an amazing supernatural movement, God reoriented uh, us back to his village, which is about nine hours out outside the, the main city of Addis Ababa. And uh, um, through just uh, amazing power and supernatural movement, um, we've been able to to minister to children and widows and, and really to an entire community to bring education uh, to bring hope and a purpose to uh, really a group of people that that really didn't have that, and and so um, over the last fourteen months, I've you know since we've um, kind of moved on from our pastoral positions, I've been to Ethiopia six times in fourteen months, and wow. um, just uh, seeking to do what we all do, and that's just to be faithful to the call of God, and and uh, um, and we're just seeing life change, we're seeing community change. And uh, it's really been just a it's it's really been a great gift to to me and my family. So, wow! Again, sometimes we find the mission, the mission finds us, and of course, we're involved in the Zoe Project. You have a, a website you can tell us uh, go to. Oh yeah, ZoeProjectEthiopia.org is our website. You can sign up for our newsletter. We send a newsletter out, and if you ever want to follow uh, what what God is doing, we would we would love to have you come along for the ride. If if nothing more, I mean, just the power of prayer, you know, to help us have wisdom and. And uh, to know the next step, and 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 we cover your prayers for sure. Is it the Zoe Project or the Zoe Project Ethiopia dot org? It's just yeah, Zoe Project Ethiopia dot org, and Zoe stands for life. So anytime where Jesus uh, talks about eternal life, uh, he 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 uses the word Zoe and. Mm-hmm. And uh, in First Thessalonians five twenty three, it says, "Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit, soul, and body be, be preserved." And we. We really feel that we're trying to be, bring life to the spirit, soul, and body of, mm-hmm. of the people of that area. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you get into rural Ethiopia, and if you've, yeah, I know you've traveled, and, and probably many of our listeners has, have been to, to places where um, the poverty is really, really difficult. And um, you ultimately have to start with the body. You have to be able to care for their body and their mm-hmm. physical needs. And, and if, if you do that, then that kind of opens up the door to, 
to, to touch their soul, which is their purpose and their identity. And then, and then you hope that you can move to the spirit, which is ultimately bringing about the gospel of Jesus Christ into the lives of those you touch. So that's our mission and that's our purpose. Wow. Wow. That's, that's exciting. Well, tell me the backstory. How did this come about? Oh, wow. Um, you know, uh, in the midst of the transition, uh, where God was calling us to just kind of the next phase in, in our ministry future, um, we had sent, uh, Danielle, my wife and I, we had uh, sent an investigator to uh, the the village where our son was from just to try to learn more about his story. And then um, just we, uh, the person found, the investigator found his village, found um, those that were a part of his story. And uh, it wasn't just weeks after that that uh, I was on a plane to Ethiopia with a good friend of mine. And and uh, what was so amazing about this, Pastor, is is God had given Danielle and I a verse before we left, about two weeks before we left. And it's Isaiah 43, and it says, Do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. And and he says, I will do something new. And, and uh, you know, being in transition and you've gone through that, that was really a, a, a strong, powerful word from the Lord mm-hmm. for us. And and uh, when I got into a very small rural church, Pastor, they um, uh, called one of the pastors up to pray, and and uh, through a supernatural movement, uh, that pastor quoted that verse three times, word for word, through two levels of translation. And, and wow. in, that, in that moment, we knew that, that this is where we were supposed to be, and, um, and then the uh, we came back home and really tried to process all that the Lord was calling us to. And then um, it wasn't but a few weeks later, I was back in the village, uh, just knowing that the heart of the Lord is children, orphans and widows. Mm-hmm. And, and so I spent three days going house to house, praying over the sick, seeing the situations of the of the children. And, and then from that, I left and, and we had 84 children that we didn't know how we were going to fund it, but we knew that God had given us a business. Right, and mm-hmm. we knew that we were going to be able to le- leverage that for a transcendent purpose, and that purpose had shifted to Ethiopia, and and uh, kind of the rest is history. After uh, ten months or twelve months, so wow, wow, what the Lord did opened that door, and what it, when you first got to this village, kind of paint a picture of what what we're looking at here, what kind of. <sighs> What's going on in the village? I mean, is that they have water, they have electricity, they have internet, they have horses. Well, what, the, the, what, what kind of lifestyle do they live? I'd be interested in knowing that. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's very rural. There's no electricity, mm. um, and most of the the places where they live are mud huts. Mm. Uh, you would say they have straw roofs. It's an agrarian culture, which mm-hmm. means that they you know live off the land, and um, which can be very difficult at times. But if you don't own land, or if you um, if your husband has passed away or if you're, you know, a widow trying to raise children, it's almost impossible um, for them to survive. And and um, but I would tell you that um, this specific part of Ethiopia, they they love the Lord. Um, there's an amazing um, rural church there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, it's it's really difficult. The the children, I mean, uh, of the 84 children that we have in the school now and we're getting ready to have 40 more and we'll have uh, over 120 children and we give them. Uh, education, they get a meal, they get um, a spiritual education every day. And um, But of all of those 84, only four had ever gone to school before. Wow. And so this is the first time they've got to go to school. And, and, and I'll tell you, you really, you know, I think we take for granted the gifts that we've been given, right? Yes, yeah, so am I. Every mission trip. Yeah. Sure. I, I mean, you... You're given these things, and but it's not just given the gift. They're also developed, and 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 people pour into those gifts, and they make us who we are. And, and there, they just don't have that. 
Wow, just opportunity there to change the life of a village. And we're going to talk more about the transformation that took place in this little spot in Ethiopia because of the Zoe Project. Join me in a moment. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back. I'm talking with Patrick Hall, founder and director of the Zoe Project, and how they adopted a young boy 13 years ago now? 13 years ago. Tegan is now 13. And uh, I mean, who could have imagined that 13 years ago that God would have known that through him, that ultimately this is his story, right? Right. That that, um, the ministry that that God has given us, ultimately the key to that was his life. And, um, you know, and he gets to see that he's been there, took the family back in Christmas. And so 13 years ago, God had all of this in his heart and mind. And it's just amazing. Wow. Wow. Again, sometimes the mission finds us if we're open and available to what God can do in this village. What about 500 people? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's an estimate. We would think about 500 people, but, you know, in rural Ethiopia, it kind of goes village to village, you know, so it's kind of hard to tell when you're that far out into into a rural country like that. Got it. Well, I can imagine, you know, starting a ministry in in a village like this, starting a ministry from scratch anywhere, uh, it seemed to me it would be challenging. What what were the keys to getting this thing off the ground and doing what you're doing? Yeah. You know, I think um, it's about the body of Christ. And um, in Ethiopia, you're not allowed to really have or teach the Bible in a school there. And um, they all have to be secular. Uh, But uh, for us, I mean, God moved within the body of Christ in a small rural church there. And and because of that, not only did God touch us, God touched the people within that church and, and really opened up their heart for their children, right? Those are their children that um, ultimately they're responsible for, and we're just actually coming alongside them, trying to support them um, in bringing about hope and a purpose for their children. And and it was the church that allowed us the ability to start a ministry so quickly. Um, they had, they gave us one of their, you know, it's a little, um, if I could show you a picture, it's a little uh, mud building, uh, but they said, hey, you can use this for your first classroom. And mm-hmm. and so we took that and kind of About refinished the, the studio, what, 15 by 15? Or yeah, I would the... say 15 by 20, maybe wow, very small. And man. I mean, we had, you know, and then we had another room for those kids that were like under four years old. And there was 40 kids and probably the size of a closet um, there. But um, without the church, it would have never mm-hmm. happened. And, and there's an amazing man of God. His name is Pastor Aramis. And he as the pastor of this church, he was born in the village and, and just, just a humble, humble man. And, and um, he's really stood in the gap, you know, because when, when, when we bring our culture into a place um, like that, there's just, the distance is so far apart. Mm, wow. And um, um, you need them to bridge the gap. And uh, so, um, and when you want a ministry or you're trying to, you know, kind of take a ministry like that and, and really have it, um, honor the Lord. It has to be indigenously ran. Um, ultimately, it needs to be theirs. And mm-hmm. uh, through the body of Christ and through the church, you're able to accomplish that. And so it's not us. It, it was really the Lord using his church. And we were just uh, faithful and available. I think, you know, it's really how it happened. And that pastor had to be open. The Lord had to knit your hearts together in order for this thing to fly and appreciate the commitment to local church, the the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the hope of the world. Well, I mean, I think you and I have had that conversation multiple times that 
um, without the church, it is God's plan for redemption um, in the world. And it doesn't matter if it's in Ethiopia or if it's on Black Forest Road at Cross Mm -hmm. Fellowship. Um, You know, that is his plan um, to bring about his kingdom. Amen. Amen. Did I tell you we had an Ethiopian church in Austin? You've told me that. Yeah. 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 Abebe Gorfe was our pastor, and he just uh, rocked the Ethiopians just so, so sweet. It was just a sweet, sweet time. Remember that very, very well. Yeah, their expression of the body of Christ, I mean, their worship and their prayers are, are so um, emotional and so um, fervent. And, um, you know, uh, I've learned a lot from them, you know, and um, I hope that, you know, we've been able to pour into them and, and they've learned from us, too. Um, I'm sure you have. After all, Ethiopia is one of the oldest countries where Christianity started, of course, the Ethiopian eunuch. And and I forget which one of the 12 disciples went to Ethiopia. I'm drawing a blank right now, but it's uh, it's been there for thousands of years, and we're grateful for the work there. How many orphans? You talk about a lot of children. The a child's lifestyle. What, what's it like there? I mean, you talk. How many orphans are we talking here? Well, man. Um, well, kind of our. We've kind of, as far as the school, we've kind of gone through. A, you know, the first um, child we take into the program is the one that has no parents, and then it's, um, you know, the orphan that just has a widowed mother, and and then we're just kind of go down the list of of level of need. And and when we started. I, I originally wa- was walking around house to house and I had the number 30 in my mind, but the Lord had a different number and I left and there was 84 orphans in, wow. this, in this small village. But, you know, the thing is, Dr. Bob, is is there's not a huge delineation in the lifestyle of the orphan and mm. the child that's not mm. um, just because, you know, it, it is very diff- difficult and mm. there is a lot of um, struggle there, you wow. know, so there's not a lot of difference, but there. You know, it it is different. And I mean, God tells us that, you know, pure religion is visiting orphans and widows in their distress. And so, you know, if if there's ever any doubt of what you what you do, if you look for what's at the heart of the Lord and and just go in that direction, you're you're going to be fine. Wow. Wow. Well, describe for me, please, the transformation that's taken place in this village because of the Lord with the resources I have to. Two, uh, two pictures on my uh, Jesus Corner I'm praying for. We're, we're supporting and encourage you to think about <clears throat> being a part of this. The money goes directly. To, to, well, we'll get to the money in a moment. What's the transportation? The transformation has taken place. Talk about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think when you think of a hope and a purpose, right, it's something that we take for granted that we, through education and through just our parents, we, we have hope, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. so. We always look forward into the future and think, well, I can get an education. I can do these things. And and, and so we are kind of ingrained in this yeah. in the idea that we have hope and a yeah. purpose. Yeah. There they did not. Wow. And so. Hopeless. They're hopeless. Man. And I mean, to the point to where it's a it's an elder ran village. And so um, they didn't believe that education was important. Wow. And so 80 kids never went to school. But I'm just a firm believer that in Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ and education, that, that you have hope and mm-hmm. you have purpose. And so we've seen, obviously, transformation not in the kids, but it's it's permeating the community, and and we've instituted hygiene programs, and and that hygiene has begun to to go not only to the children but into the families, and and so we're seeing a drop in illness and wow. and disease in the children, and mm. um, 
um, just even high or um, nutrition. We started nutrition because I mean, protein's very difficult for them. Um, and, uh, so, but all of that, you know, is just not staying with the children. It, it, it's having a much broader impact in, in a community. And, um, and so the last time I was there, you know, it had been about 14 months or 15 months. since the first time I was there and I had the first pictures of the kids that I had taken. And so, but then we took pictures of the first year of their graduation and to see the difference, um, where on one side, there was no smiles, there was no hope. And on the other side, you saw laughter and you saw it. Um, you know, just it, it, it's transformational. It's, it's, it's almost like a new birth, like Jesus says, Mm -hmm, you know, that, mm -hmm. um, and and I believe God wants to do something new in everyone and and he's doing it there through, uh, through God's gift, uh, to us, to allow us to be a part of it. You bet. Holistic, like you said, body, soul, and spirit, holistic change, really. I'm uh, the whole village has been changed, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, for sure. And, and, um, God is a holistic God, all right. Mm -hmm. And he wants not, I mean, yes, he cares about all of us, you know, professing Jesus, but he also wants to change our identity and he Mm -hmm. wants to, Mm -hmm. he wants to change, change us from the inside out. And, and we really truly believe that's what's happening there. Wow. Wow. Well, what, what, uh, what opportunities are there on the horizon? What's next? Yeah. You're always, uh, you're always heading out to, you're always shooting for the stars. Yeah. So what's, what's yeah. next with well, the Zoe project? You know, um, you know, our partnership, I mean, we're, we're obviously focused on the children, but then we're also, you know, we're focusing on building up the church and, uh, we know that if the church is healthy, that, that ultimately that will pass down through mm-hmm. the children. And so, um, we recently purchased land, um, next to the church where, um, it'll double the size of the church and it'll allow us space for, um, other schools and buildings and, and so, um, you know, um, there's so much on the horizon, but, but, but right now we're focusing on the church, and then we're adding 40 more students. So. Oh, wow. That's great. Building the kingdom. When we return, we'll talk more about opportunities and challenges, what God has done in and through Patrick Hall with the Zoe Project. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Welcome back. I tell you what, we're having more fun than Christians ought to here with Patrick Hall and what God's doing through him and through the Zoe Project in Ethiopia. Now, the name of this village again? It's Chancho Village. Chancho. 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 I'll remember that. Chancho Village and the transformation that's taken place. Do they have water? Do they have running water? They do, actually. A well, I'm sure. Yeah, It's not a well, actually. Um, It's kind of the higher mountain areas, and they actually have – they have springs there. Okay. And so – Um, that's usually one of the hardest things in a yeah, place like Ethiopia, sure. but praise the Lord. Now it gets a little more challenging in the dry season where those springs will dry mm. up, but in general, um, they, they have that taken care of, which is a real gift. Oh yeah. Water's life. Yeah, water's water is life. life. Yeah. yeah. Well, Patrick, talk to me about your philosophy of missiology here. What, what's your approach, I guess, to missions, uh, in a place like this? I, I imagine, uh, we could do this wrong if we wanted to. Yeah, <laughs> we don't think, want to, but yeah, we could. I mean, What's I, the right way? Yeah, I think there, and I, I'm not saying I'm doing it the right way. I, I, I would tell you that, um, you know, I'm a businessman. I, uh, you know, if you've known me for for over a decade. I mean, um, my, I try to get things done. Yep, and yep. Um, but a lot of times that expression in a place like that does not work well. Mm. And and you can't just parachute in and be the savior. Mm, I guess is what. Yeah, and I mean, I think that we as Americans we have a tendency to yeah. want to do that, mm-hmm. especially when we go into those contexts. And and I think that's that becomes one of the bigger challenges with any ministry in a place like that is 
is trying to create a partnership with them, even if it's a small thing. It could be clearing the land, you providing sticks, you painting, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Skin of the game, yeah. they buy in. They've got to be able to. Yeah, they've got to have a, a, a part in it mm-hmm. because you want it to be theirs because yes. something can happen and, and then ultimately I would not be there and, and we would not be there. And so you want them, you, you really want them to feel like it's theirs. And, and sometimes that is a hard thing to do because they believe that we would be able to just parachute in, like you said, and just really do all of it. And so that's a constant tension. Like right now we need a cafeteria because the children have been eating in the church and, and we're here, we, we have multi-purpose buildings and, and that's no problem there. They, they really, it's not, it's not great that the kids are eating in the church, but they've been faithful, mm-hmm. but, um, but we're not just going to go in and build it. Um, we need them to partner with us and they, and they've really done a good job at that. Um, but that, I think, is always a challenge for anybody coming from a Western sure. culture to try to go into a place like that. You bet. And, so, hey, we're, we're equipping them. We're partnering with them. We're giving them a, a sense of ownership and identity and, in and, and, and a good sense, pride. Yeah. And I I think it is always pointing, to the ba- uh, pointing back to the fact that not only am I accountable to the Lord, but so are you. Yeah, that's good. And, that's good. and we're, we're constantly telling them that, like— like I'm going to leave because when I go there, I go for, you know, it takes me so long to get there and I'm there for four days and okay. and I make a pretty big footprint when I go there because yeah. there's not a lot of people that are six, two and yeah, look like yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, <laughs> but, but when I leave, they've got to know that, that they're accountable to the Lord. And that, mm-hmm. that includes my in-country director. That includes our chefs and our teachers. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a social worker that works with the families and, and, and then, but ultimately they're accountable to the Lord for, for doing their part. Wow. Wow. And you're supporting these financially. They're part of your ministry. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's so, awesome. So, and I mean, it was a movement of the Lord that we actually found, um, you know, an in-country director that I trusted yes. implicitly, mm-hmm. um, very quickly. We actually had teachers in the village that had education degrees mm-hmm. that didn't have a job. I mean, it, just the way that the Lord has pieced all this together. But yeah, they're all part of our, our, our team Your team. How many? Uh, so total we have, um, probably I can tell you exactly. We have 10 total wow, and we're looking wow, at adding awesome. a, another, um, chef or assistant because we've got two, um, just servants of the Lord that serve 84 children every single day, five days a week in a kitchen. How many meals? One, one meal, okay. but it's in the kitchen. That's the size of a, I mean, it's the size of a closet and they're mm. doing it in an, with an open flame and they need some help. And then when we add the other children, because now we're going to have some of the children going to the primary school, they're going to be feeding meals twice a day. So wow. um, it's just, you know, it's always changing, always evolving. Sure is. So I'm trying to get a picture of the transformation here. First of all, there was no school. Uh, no school. And now how many students? There was 84 students. 84. Grades what? Like what age are we talking well, about? Well, I mean, they're grades 12 and uh, under, mm-hmm. but you got to remember none of them had ever gone to school. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, your 12-year-old is a right. first grader. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we've actually, which is just really amazing, uh, we have 40 of those students that are actually for the first time going to the a primary school that is that is close to there. But in their village, it just wasn't in their culture. Education wasn't there. Mm. And um, and so it's going to allow us to bring 40 more children on that have never been to school. And, and then our, our process hope, hopefully becomes a situation where we're bringing them into the Zoe school, moving them to the primary school where they'll go until 1230. They're, they'll come to our school, eat, and then we'll tutor them till about 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that they can earn. One of the things is learning English. They don't teach English very well, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. English is the key, you know, yeah, really in sure. any place over there. Wow, so. wow, interesting. So the transformation is taking place. We've got. We've got education, we've got nutrition, we're feeding them, we've got hygiene, and the church, is the church grown as well? The kingdom of Uh, God in that part of it, or? You know, I, I mean, is the church, I, it's still full. There's there's people coming to the church all the time. It's hard to get a, a gauge as the church growing. But I know um, we actually have uh, an actual Bible teacher on staff wow. that every single day they get a Bible lesson. Wow. So, um, you know, so for those that God has given us to mm-hmm. steward, mm-hmm. right? And um, but we did. I mean, we just brought for the first time. Um, we brought 120 Bibles into the village. I was I was actually. Um, wow. uh, we, the, the pastor bought a generator and he's, I said, why'd you buy a generator? Cause we were just donating some things for the church and it was an old used generator. He's like, so they could hear us preach. And I just asked the question. I said, well, how many of your people can read the native language and don't have a Bible? Mm-hmm. And so he did a survey at the end of the church service, yeah. and there was over 80 people that could read, but ultimately didn't have a Bible. Wow. Amazing. And so we, primarily the Word of God, sure, you know, you preaching is supplementary. And so we brought 120 Bibles in, and, and they, they, own Bible, they now have wow. Bibles for the first time. Uh, so sure they're proud of that as well. So we're trying to build a community, but then also the children as well. So You bet. You bet. Now, the next, uh, the next challenge is uh, building a, a building like yeah. a cafeteria. Yeah, um, we need to build a cafeteria, mm-hmm. um, and when we do that, it um, it'll get the children out of the the church eating, and mm-hmm. so um, and then it will open up actually one of the buildings that we're using as a kitchen uh, as as hopefully a classroom because mm-hmm. we're going to need cool. another classroom, and then you know we really want to provide with the the land that we purchased next to the church, we want to pr- provide a place for the kids to play because um, they're just kind of running around in yeah, the middle of the church sure. grounds and it's oh, pretty sure. packed, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so if we can clear that and, and it would be amazing to have playground equipment there. That is something that would be so foreign to them. If there wow. was like a slide, Man, I mean, a seesaw, I mean, can you imagine? Wow. Wow. I pray that'll come yeah. about. Of course, a hundred percent of the donations go right into the ministry, right? Oh yeah. We don't have, I mean, all of our, you know, staff, it goes to staff in Ethiopia, but you know, I'm a business owner. So, you know, I pay for my expenses <clears throat> when I go there and, I just had a, a real dear, dear friend of mine go with me for the first time, and uh, he paid his expenses. And mm, so, sweet. you know, right now that's our philosophy, and we hope that, you know, the Lord never changes that. And and uh, so. That's great. You know. well, I'd encourage you to give. We are we are givers, participators, ZoeProjectEthiopia.org, and you get to change a child's life and and might even get a picture of a child you're supporting like yeah. we do and got a couple of them. It's yeah, big. we, you know, are approaching. I mean, there's so many great organizations here. Oh, yeah, that, sure. I mean, compassion, all those things. I mean, um, you know, we, we try to make, you know, try to those that give to us, we try to make them feel like every child is theirs. Yeah, right. And so, um, you personal, know, personal connection. Yeah. Well, Patrick, what, what have you learned in all of this? Yeah, I th- you know, I um I've been forever changed. I mean, just through the transition mm-hmm. and um you cannot go to a place like that and not have God just kind of make your heart more sensitive to the lost and the mm-hmm. the left mm-hmm. out and the yeah. left behind and wow. and um and and I would say one thing a principle that that I believe that the the way of the kingdom is that God is always doing something new and mm-hmm. and over the last 14 months he's done something new in my life and um but something else had to end and it was a beautiful season and so grateful for it 
Um, but then, you know, you just try to be faithful with where he has you. And then, you know, he'll just continue to open those doors. Amen. And, and if we're faithful. So that's what I've learned, I think. Amen. And that, that'd be your word to our listeners. Oh, be yeah. faithful. Watch out for God doing something new and joining. That'd be a good word. I think that's a great word, Pastor. Amen. Thanks for leaving us with that, Patrick Hall. We pray for you and your ministry. Thank God for it. Well, y'all have a great weekend, okay? Look forward to seeing you next week. Got some exciting people I want you to meet then. God bless you. Talk to you soon. 100.7, The Word. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.